thank you that we can sense your presence tangibly in this place. Lord, we thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you for your unfailing love. Lord, we thank you that nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And today as we come around your word, Lord, I pray that you would use my words to encourage the hearts of people, to minister to them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, you may be seated. It's good to see you after our snow week off. Who would have thought, hey? Lovely to see the white powdery stuff out on the roads and causing a bit of mayhem on the roads as well. But it's so, so good to be back in church, in the building, to just come around the Word of God. And if you're joining us online, it's so glad to have you as well. And today, I want us to talk about the riches that we find in Jesus. Have any of you ever been ripped off? Yeah? I've been ripped off. I can remember when I was a teenager going on a trip with my parents to London and I got to bring my best friend along with me as well and they even gave us time to kind of explore Oxford Street on our own and I remember walking down the street and seeing a street vendor there and he had his ghetto blaster on the floor because it was back in the days when ghetto blasters were around and he had these little paper figures in the shape of Mickey Mouse, the body was a paper Mickey Mouse body and it had some wool legs and little black magnets on its feet and he was there playing his music and this little Mickey and his girlfriend Minnie were bopping to the music these little paper cutouts were bopping like this and I can remember standing mesmerized and I'm like how do you do it and he said oh it's really simple he said there's little magnets on their feet and when the music starts the vibrations of the music coming through the speaker causes them to move. I'm like, I've never seen anything like it. He said, well, we've got a special offer on them. Really? I said, yes, he said, how much? Just five pounds for one. You won't find them anywhere else. And I'm thinking, well, I have not seen these in Cumbran and I have not seen these in Newport. And I was so excited because it was coming up to Christmas and I thought my friends are going to be blown away with these. So I got 20 pounds out of my wallet and I handed him my 20 pounds and he gave me four Mickey and Minis and I was excited. To say the least, I was so excited. So I got home and I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll just have a little go of them before I wrap them up for my friends. So I got the ghetto blaster out and I popped the little paper. It was literally a piece of paper of Mickey with the little wool legs and the magnets. And I popped them there by the speaker and I turned it on and I let them go and it fell on the floor. I thought, I haven't done it right. Turn up the ghetto blaster. It needs more vibrations. So we turned up the ghetto blaster, lifted them up and the piece of paper fell to the floor. I thought, oh, it must be a dead. I'll go and get another one. Anyway, I tried it all with all of them. And do you know what I discovered? They didn't work. I had been scammed. I had been ripped off. And in fact, just this week, I thought, I wonder if anyone else has been scammed. And I went on to YouTube and there were even videos of people showing you how it's done. But I was scammed. And needless to say, I decided not to tell my friends that I had bought them these dud Mickey and Minis and I got them something else. But I felt really cheated. 
And do you know what? I think in life, often that happens to us, isn't it? We're inundated with products that claim to be able to change the world, change our lives. These claims have never been seen before. State of the art, don't miss out. You know, for just a few pounds, we can have the brightest clothes, the brightest teeth. We can have a diet plan that's going to transform our lives forever. And we often are so excited to think about this new life that this product is going to give us and we hand over our money with great expectation only to find out sometimes those products aren't all that they seem and we can feel a little bit let down and sometimes in life it's not just products or things that let us down sometimes it's people people can come into our lives and on the outside, they can seem to have everything. They know how to speak. They know how to act around us. It feels like they have the right words to give us at any time. And we get so excited and bowled over by them and think they're the best person ever. Only to find out that when the rubber hits the road, that outward appearance, those smooth talking words, aren't always what they seem. Sometimes it is just that person is just too good to be true. And I think about that with food as well. <laughs> Have you ever been past a bakery? And you, I, certainly when I've been on holiday in Spain, or Spain in particular, you go past this bakery and you see these fantastic looking cakes in the window of a bakery. And you look at them and they look exquisite and extravagant. And your mouth begins to water and you imagine that explosion of flavor bursting in your mouth as you go to eat it. And you go to buy when so excited about what this little beautiful masterpiece is going to look like only to bite into it and find it tastes rather bland and it's a bit like biting into air bubbles and like there's no substance there and I don't know about you but particularly with food my heart gets sad when I feel let down <laughs> it's fair to say I can have a good mope about my food if it's not the way it is but you know things let us down appearances aren't always what they seem life isn't always what we expect it to be so what happens with Jesus then is he gonna let us down because I know for all of us, we've often felt ripped off. We've also often felt let down. Is he going to do the same? Is our experience of Jesus going to be going to be the same as it is in other aspects of our life? And I think God understands that sometimes we can approach him with reticence because of what we've experienced, because of the hurt we've encountered, because of the letdown that we've experienced. And God knows. And you know, God comes to us. And I love how his word actually allays those fears that we have about Jesus. He understands how we may come to approach him based on our experience of life. And so his word comes to encourage us. And there's scriptures like in Numbers 23, 19. And this is what God says to assure us about himself. He says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Or Psalm 34 verse 8 says this, O taste and see that the Lord 
is good. God doesn't lie. And he always follows through with his promises. And he always invites us to experience his goodness. So what can we expect from God? Well, in God's infinite wisdom, he has planned and prepared for our life in him. His promises are not empty. He's not unstable. There's nothing unstable about the plan of redemption that he's given to us through Jesus. He's not experimenting with us and saying, well, let's try this. Maybe that will work. No, God's not experimenting with your or my soul today. He's not left anything to chance concerning us as his children. God has made full provision, and what he says, he will do. And when we accept Jesus into our lives, it's just the beginning of the journey. Accepting Jesus isn't the end destination, it's the beginning of our journey with him. And we get to discover, as we walk through this journey, more and more about the life that God has called us to in Christ Jesus. It's almost like in handing us Jesus, he hands us a present that as we unwrap it, it just keeps on giving. It just keeps on giving, it just keeps on giving. And my kids would love that, a Christmas present given at Christmas that keeps on giving three, six, five days a year. They would love that gift to keep on giving. But that's what the gift of Jesus is like to us. And I've been reading in Ephesians lately, and I have been so, so encouraged. I love as I read how Paul almost lifts the lid off things and shows us all that God has for us to experience in our lives, all that God has planned for us is followers of him. And I, the next few two, two weeks, I want to just take the time for us to just look a little bit more about this for our lives. In particular, we're going to focus on Ephesians 3, but I want us to uncover and unpack some of the riches that God has for us as we find ourselves in Christ, as we find ourselves as followers of Jesus. You know, if we begin to look at Ephesians 3, Paul begins to describe about the privilege he's been given to be able to share the gospel with the Gentiles, the non-religious of that day. And he goes on to say in Ephesians 3, 6 through to 9, he says this, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promises of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I'm the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. 
when Paul talks about the mystery, mysterious plan, the good news that has been entitled for us to share, I get encouraged as I read those words. Listen to how Paul describes things. He calls what we have to look forward to riches, blessing, and endless treasure in Christ. When I read this, I don't see the words poverty, lack, cursing, and treasure tests that are empty. No, God doesn't use those words to describe what he's laid out for us as his children. God says that his riches for us are unending. They're amazing. And he wants us to experience that life for ourselves whilst we walk this earth. You know, if you think about the church in Ephesus, they were completely understanding of this whole idea of wealth because Ephesus was a really rich city. It held the Temple of Diana, which was one of the seven wonders of the world back then in Ephesus. And as a result of that, people flocked to Ephesus. They came with their idol worship. They came to worship the um, Temple Diana. But along with that, they brought their wealth. They brought their wealth. And Ephesus was known as the Bank of Asia. So when Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, the people there, the church are very acquainted of living in a prosperous city. They're very acquainted of living in a city where they can see great riches before them. And yet Paul says that what he, what Jesus has provided for us is absolutely nothing in compared to what they are used to. And he says, actually, the spiritual life that we get to live as followers of Jesus is so rich with blessing. It's so endless with treasure and it's promises galore. It's the abundant life. Jesus said it, didn't he? I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. John 10, 10. That's the life that God has provided for you and I in Christ Jesus. And here's one thing that I want to share that I feel, um, just want to encourage your hearts with today as we read that scripture. It's that God's not on a budget with our lives. I don't know about you, but I kind of live in a world filled with budgets. I've got my food budgeted. I've got my holiday fund budgeted. I've got my mortgage fund budgeted. Everything that I do in life tends to be around a constraint and a budget. And I can't step outside of that. If I do, I'm going to get overdrawn. And if I do, I'm going to have to find a way of paying my way back out and making a way. But God's not like that. God is not on a budget with our lives. He doesn't treat our lives within a little square box and say, that's your allocation. That's what you've got. God's not on a budget. And I want to encourage you today. God wants us to live richly in our lives in Christ. He doesn't want us to just scrape through. He doesn't want our experience of life to drag us through life. But no, he says, no, You are rich beyond measure because God is the source of that richness. God has said everything that he has is available to you and I. His love, his kindness, his mercy, his grace, his great riches that are so untold, they're all available to you and I today. 
everything. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. It says, doesn't it, that he's able to do more than we can imagine or think. The treasure that he has laid up for you and I is endless. All we've got to do is search and find it and cover it for our lives. And when we do, we'll find that it never comes to an end. It's treasure that just keeps on flowing. It's promise that just keeps on coming. God's ability to bless somebody doesn't impact his ability to bless you. I don't know about you, but certainly in my life, I found that. I can remember when my mum used to say to me and my sister once, I can remember giving us a Mars bar and she said, you're going to have to share it. And I was like, I want an equal portion, please. So out the ruler came and we measured the Mars bar and we sliced it down the middle because I didn't want to miss out on any of that provision that my mum was giving me. I wanted to make sure that I had equal claim to that Mars bar. I didn't want to feel shortchanged. And do you know what? I want to say to you that if you see God's blessing and hand of blessing on somebody, don't feel like God skirted you around and don't think, oh, well, because he's blessed them, that means I'm going to miss out. No, God's ability to bless somebody else does not impact on his ability to bless you. And you need to understand that because often that's the way we approach God. But it's not the right thinking concerning God. Yes, in our day-to-day lives there are constraints, but God's got no constraints. And the only person that misses out is us when we think that God's not able to do something in our lives because he's doing it in the life of somebody else. It's a bit like this. Imagine a bottle of water. God hands us a bottle filled with water. And we go to drink it, and then God says, you can only take a sip of that, and then can you pass it along to the next person, because I want to make sure that there's enough for them to have as well. That's not what it's like with God. That's what it's like, actually, when we go on a picnic sometimes. We go to Tesco, buy a two-liter bottle, and like, this is going to last the day, kids, everybody get, have a little sip, have a little sip, have a little sip, make sure everyone's got equal. But God's not like that. He says, here, here's the bottle for you, and he says, drink, drink it all, drink it to the end, and when you want more, here's another bottle, and when you want more, here's another bottle, and when you want more, here's another bottle, and then the person next to you says well I'm thirsty and he said well here you go here's your bottle and when you get to the end of that there's another bottle and when you get to the end of that there's another bottle that's what the endless riches in Christ Jesus is like for us it's not take a sip pass it along make sure everybody's got enough God says no I've got more than enough he says anyone who's thirsty come to me and they will receive living waters that come he says that he's got more than enough for everybody And it's really important for us to understand that because God's resources are unlimited. They're not based on our constraints. And often we can live far below what God has laid out for us because we try to approach our spiritual life based on the constraints and the confines and the budgets that we're used to living our daily lives in. And God says, no, please don't do that with me. You're going to miss out on so much if you approach me in that way. So the question is then, how do 
we receive that blessing. If Paul says that there are promises of blessing, there are riches, there is endless treasure, how do we receive that? Well, the way that you receive it is by pursuing it. God's laid it all there for us. We just have to pursue it. We have to make a decision to say, Lord, I want what you said. Lord, I want what you've got for me. So how do we know then what God has for us? How do we know what's available to us in Christ Jesus? Well, a very wealthy person would keep a record of their assets. They would keep a log, documentation of their land, their assets, their shares, their money, their investments, their art pieces. And if the owner of that wealth or anyone else in that household wanted to know what exactly that person had, they'd consult the record. They'd consult, cons, um, consult the documentation. They'd gather out, those, gather out everything to see exactly what that wealthy person has. So for us as Christians, if we want to know the riches that God has laid up for us, we've just got to consult God's record, which is the word of God. We've got to choose to search and find it for ourselves. We've got to decide to find out, well, what has my heavenly father laid up for me? And you know what? It's all contained in the word of God. His riches are all contained there. And all we've got to do is consult the record. And with that, when we consult it, we pray and say, Jesus, I want that. I want that for my life. How can I have those riches? How can I have that wealth, that wisdom, that comfort, that joy, that peace, that love, that kindness? How can I have that for my life? Lord, help me. Matthew 7, 7 says, oh, says this. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? God's got good gifts for you and I, and he wants us to search his word to find that unlimited treasure that's available to us in Christ Jesus. God is not a God of just enough. He's a God of more than enough, and he lays it at our disposal. He says, this is for you and I. And maybe you're here this morning or you're listening online and you say, well, what right do I have to this? What right do I have to go to God and ask him to give me an inheritance? Ask him to give me his promises. Ask him to bless me. What right? Why should God choose to allow me to have it? And I want to encourage you this morning. The reason why 
You can go to him and you can seek in the Bible to find out more about this rich deposit that he has given to us. It's because God calls you and I his own. That's why we can go before God. God calls us his own. Ephesians 1.4 says this, even before he made the world, God loved us. And he chose us in Christ to be holy and within, without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. This is like Psalm 34 talked about, taste and see that the Lord is good. We get to be showered in his grace, showered in his mercy, and it has absolutely nothing to do with us and our merit, but it has everything to do with him deciding to take us as his children, to adopt us into his family. God made the choice. Adoption is a choice and God chose to act in love and said, when somebody places their faith in me, I'm taking them as my own. They're not just a friend. They're not just a guest. They're not a friend of a friend. No, they're my own. They're my children. And because we're children of God, that's why we have the right to believe God for everything that he has to say. You don't have to go through life and think, I'm not worthy. Why would God want to give it to me? The word of God says he wants to give it to you because he chose to adopt you in. He chose to make you his own. And because of that, his inheritance is available to you and I. So why is adoption so important? Well, in Paul's day, an adopted child had the same rights and privileges of that of a natural born son or daughter. The Roman judicial system recognized an adopted person as a new person and all their debts and all their obligations from your former life were wiped out when you became adopted. And that's what God does to us. He says, everything that I have, I want to give to you because now you are mine. But not only that, your past gets completely cleared. Any debts, anything that was outstanding on your life gets cleared when you come to be my own. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun when we get adopted into God's family we get a new start we get a fresh new start a totally new life a new beginning beginning Galatians 4 4 to 7 says this but when the time came God sent his son born of a woman subject to the law and God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. 
Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God made you his heir. Everything that Christ has God is yours because you and I are an heir to the riches of God in Christ Jesus. Everything is available for us to receive and we have to choose to stand in that space and recognize the fact that we are called by God, we are chosen and we are his children and therefore that gives us legal access and legal right to believe for everything that God has promised and laid out for us as children of God. The Bible says it's endless treasure available to those that are in Christ. That means you and I get hold of all of that. Ephesians 1:11 says this. Furthermore, because you were united, united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Romans 8, 17 says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. And because of that, we can have confidence to say, God, what you've got in the word, I want it. I want to receive this. I don't want to scrape by my my Christian existence and scrape into heaven. No, he's promised us riches, blessing, eternal treasure, endless treasure. Why would we want to settle for anything less than that? And I want to say as well, concerning adoption... Because God adopted us as his children, we can have intimacy with him. That all of us have been privileged enough to have father figures in our lives that perhaps treated us the way that we should have been treated, loved us the way in which we should have been loved, cared for and protected us in the way that we deserve to be protected. But God wants you and I to know that he's our heavenly father. He's the perfect father. And he wants us to have intimacy with him. He's not distant. He's not cold. He's not removed. He's not a taskmaster. He's not cruel. Ephesians 3, 17 says this then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Jesus wants to come close. Jesus wants to be at home. He doesn't want to be living a few doors down the street. He says, no, I want to reside with you because I love you and because I want to be close to you and because I want to be involved in everything of your life. Romans 8 says this, instead you received the spirit of God when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father for the spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Do you know what Abba means? It means daddy. That is the language that God wants us to approach him with. He doesn't want us to come to him like Oliver Twisted. Please, sir, may I have some more? No. 
God doesn't ever want us to approach him like that. He wants us to run into his arms with arms open wide and sit on his lap and say, Dad, what have you got in the cupboard for me to eat? What is it that I can look at the fridge at? What can I raid? God wants us to come to him like children. And I don't know about you, but my kids have no problem raiding the cupboards, taking what they want to satisfy themselves. They have free access to the cupboards and they go in and help themselves. And God says that's how he wants us to come to him. Free access to the cupboards. What is it that you want? What is it that you have need of? What promise of God can you go? lay claim for for your life is it more peace is it hope is it love what is it that you want is it wisdom is it revelation go to the cupboard and as a child of God you've got open access he just says come go to it take what you want but what a shame it would be is to be feeling like you want so much but you sit there on the sofa and don't ask for anything the only person that loses out through that is us. And that's not God's plan for us. He says, no, exceeding great promises. They're for you. Just come and take them. So let's recap. We've looked at how God has got rich, endless treasures available for us in Christ. That our spiritual life is to be like a cup running over. That we are to have more than enough and God's promises are are endless. We've also talked about the fact that you and I have right to lay claim to that based on the fact that he chose to adopt us as his children and he wants us to be able to be inheritors of all the riches that we have found through us in Christ, to us in Christ Jesus. So the big question is this really, isn't it? How do we live like heirs? It's one thing to read it. It's one thing to memorize it. But how can we experience what God has said is available to us? Because that's a whole different thing. How do we experience and live in the promises of God for our lives? Well, I love that God's already made preparations for that because he leaves nothing to chance. God planned fully for you and I. God planned, his redemption plan is fully sorted. Every detail is taken care of. And concerning the promises of God, it's not like biting into that delicious looking cake and find it's a bit bland and a bit airy. It's not like that. What I love when I read the scriptures is that God talks about when we ask Jesus Christ into our lives as our Lord and Savior, He says, I'm going to provide you something else. And I'm going to give you a gift that is going to help you walk and live out the inheritance that's been laid up for you and I. And that gift is the person of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 says this. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own 
by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit of God's the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased for us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. When we make a decision to follow Jesus and place our trust and faith in him as the Lord and Savior of our lives, we are given the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, to empower us so that we can live and walk out the Christian life that we've been called to as children of God, that we can receive everything that God has promised for us and we can become everything God has promised us to be. What I love is that God says, he doesn't say, right, you're Christian now, you've asked Jesus, right, if you could just do this, 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 then there's another box you can unlock. He doesn't do that. He says, right, you've accepted Jesus, right, I got another gift for you now. Come and see. The gift of the Holy Spirit to our lives has got nothing to do with us. It's got nothing to do with what we bring to the table, our behavior, whether we surpass God's understanding of us or not. It's got nothing to do with that. God says, listen, you've made the best decision of your life in accepting my son Jesus. And now I've got a gift for you to help you walk out this life. And this is the gift of the Holy Spirit to you. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, he enlightens us. His spirit is wisdom and revelation. You see, with our natural mind, we're not able to understand the things of God. And we need the Holy Spirit to enlighten us, to give us comprehension. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth to us from the word of God. And then he gives us the wisdom to understand and apply it in our lives. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says this, but it is to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given to us. How can we know what God has given to us? It's not through human understanding. It's not through our intellect. It's not by going to university. No, we can know the things that God has given to us through the person of the Holy Spirit who enlightens us, who gives us wisdom and revelation to understand the things of God. And God gives us power in our inner man when he gives us the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.16 says this, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Well, what is the inner man? What is Paul talking about here? He's talking about the spiritual part of man where God dwells and God works. 
And before we ask Jesus into our lives, the Bible says that that inner man was dead. But it becomes alive when Jesus is invited in. And then the Holy Spirit gets given to us. And because the Holy Spirit gets given to us, we are then empowered to live. We are given power to live. We're given power to see our lives transformed as he reveals the riches of God's inheritance and his promises to us. The Holy Spirit is the one that enlightens us with revelation and shows us how we can live. He changes us from the inside out. And it's that power that lives in us. It's not a small thing. That power in the inner man is not small. It's unlimited and it's glorious. He is the counselor, the helper, the gift giver, and the guide. And all we have to do is allow the Holy Spirit to have free reign in us, to lead us, to guide us, to fill us, to show us what God has laid up for us in Christ Jesus. And this power is not weak. The Holy Spirit is not weak in our lives. It's the same Spirit of God that brooded over the earth in creation. It's the same Holy Spirit that came on, on Mary and caused her to conceive Jesus, the Son of God. And it is the same Holy Spirit that enabled Jesus in power to go out and minister and do what he did. Acts 10.38 says this, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And this Holy Spirit doesn't get diluted and watered down so that he can give it to the rest of us. No, we get a full concentrated version of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that, um, that caused Mary to conceive, the same Spirit that caused Jesus to do miracles and amazing things in the lives of people. It's the same Spirit and the same power that's been given to you and I in Christ Jesus. And we are empowered as a result of that, to walk in the Spirit, to receive everything that God has for us as inheritors of the promises of God. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He doesn't say, oh, I hope it's going to work. No, the word of God says power comes upon you when the Holy Spirit is in your life. And it is that power that we walk out of every day. It's got nothing to do with us. It's got nothing to do with a natural man. It's got everything to do with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us to walk. The Holy Spirit enables to do what we want to do. In him we live. In him we breathe. In him we have our being and that power is available to you and I as believers and children of God and if we don't grab onto that power then we are the one that are losing out so this morning I want you to be encouraged you are rich in Christ Jesus God has exceeding precious promises available to you and I because he's laid it up he's already prepared for it his vats are full it's endless treasure and all that you and I have to do is go after it pursue it dive into the word of God Holy Spirit take me on a journey Holy Spirit reveal this to me Holy Spirit I want on everything that you have for me 
And we can ask that in confidence because we're not God's house guest. We're not a friend of a friend. No, we're his children. And he gives us open access to everything that he has laid out for us. And I want to encourage you today. We may be living a life at the moment that has boundaries. This pandemic has called no end to boundaries. But God is not social distancing for you and I. And his inheritance for you and I hasn't shrunk as a result of COVID. In fact, the Bible says that his promises there are there and available for us. So as children of God, yes, we may be in the house more than we wanted to be. But do you know what? God is rich. He's dwelling within us. And he says he's still got an inheritance for you. He's still got promises for you. And all we've got to do is come to him and search it and say, God, I want what you have for me. I want what you have for my life. And we're going to continue looking next week at what God has for you and I, what God has entitled us to, because this spirit life is amazing. The life of the Christian is exciting. We have endless hope. We have so much to be excited for. Our lives are never going to be deficient or lacking because God has made full provision for us in Christ Jesus. I want to leave you with a scripture. John 7, 7. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. The spirit is given to everyone. This provision is yours and mine. Don't limit your expectation of God based on your circumstances, based on what's happened in your life. But know and understand that God's not on a budget for your lives. His promises are rich and he wants us to receive them all. So Jesus, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that your word empowers us, it strengthens us, and it encourages us. And Lord, today we are so excited to unpack the truths and the mystery of your word that declares that we are inheritors of the great and precious promises of God in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this place and everyone listening online, Lord, that we would seek you. And Lord, you promise when we seek, we'll find. You promise when we ask, it shall be given. You promise when we knock, the door will be opened. So Lord, we want to receive these promises that you have for us. We want to walk wealthy as you designed us to walk wealthy as, in, as inheritors in this life. We want to be so filled with every promise. We want to receive every promise that you've given. And Lord, if there's anybody in this place or watching online that says, but I haven't even asked Jesus into my heart, so I'm missing out. And I'd really like to be able to be a part of this and inherit the promises that God has for me. If you're here or you're watching online, it would be my privilege to invite, lead you in a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart today. 
And can I say it's the best decision you will ever make. He will come and he will fill you with his peace. He will come and fill you with his joy. He will come and fill you with hope. And the only thing that he asks of you and I is that we will place our faith in him. He doesn't want us to earn his approval. He just wants us to accept his love and the love that he says he has for us. So if you'd like to invite Jesus into your heart today, simply pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I didn't know you loved me that much, but I wanna know you more. I accept you and what you did for me into my life. I know I'm a sinner, I've done things wrong, but I need you to come in to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you made the best decision of your life. And if you prayed that in this building today, on your way out, we'd love to give you a Bible. And we'd love to give you a magazine that's filled with stories of people who have made the same decision that you've made. And they've seen how God has done amazing things in their life. And if you're watching online, we'd love you to let us know. And we'd love to be able to gift you with a Bible and a magazine too. Just simply message us, go to our website, contact us, and we'll be sure to get those details to you. Well, God bless you. It's, God is good and we are going to just worship before um, we close the meeting. God bless you.